Ready for this? All right, what's up, Edmonton? Welcome back to another sportscast of uh, YG Sports Live yeah, with yeah. Aaron Namos on GRadio.ca, presented by First Round. La hamburguesa cerveza desportes. Was that Spanish? That was Spanish. That a- was burgers, beer, sports in Spanish. Aaron, first take. You told the people you were going to do it, and you delivered up Thank top, you. my man. Thank I am not even mad. I am impressed. Thank you. Fantastic. You know what I'm impressed with? Yeah, we're going to game seven, baby. Game seven, baby. Yeah. Wow. Back to the pond after a 7-1 decimation of Anaheim on Sunday night. No thanks to Leon Dreisaitl and Mark Letestu, by the way. Right? And Dad Bot. Back doing Dad Bot things. He barely had any work. Yeah, but he did the good work when he had to. Uh, Zach Cassian's goal celebration. That was a war cry. That was a war cry. To, to the guy, the middle-aged guy in the first row. That you know was what, a war cry. You know what my favorite uh, screenshot of that night was? Huh. The dejected look on Ryan Kessler's face after he went to the box and then we made it 6-1. I was like, eat it. On Shlepashev's goal. Eat it. That yeah, was absolutely. Mid. That was pretty, man. Oh. Him and Dry and Luch had some good chemistry going. Yes. I like that. These these new line mix up. McClellan's doing something right, A-Rod. He's brought out the blender. Right? The Things blue are one. happening. All right, so we got our full game six wrap-up, plus our game seven preview, A-Rod. Plus, we're going to get into all the other, other NHL action around the league and a very special guest. Yes, we have Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide. From TSN 1260, coming back for a second go-around. He's here to do a repeater. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of him for it. Me too. Very excited. We are all fired up for that interview. You better believe it. What else we got going on? Uh, we got some Raptors that we kind of... They got swept. Have to, uh, again. Again. To LeBron. LeBron. Has, no, Cleveland has not lost a game yet. Neither nope. has Golden State. It's insane. It's just like... I've been there's, saying it for weeks. smells of Cleveland Golden State. Cleveland Golden State. NBA Finals. Maybe an upset, Utah Jazz. Ooh. Yeah. I, like I was it. about to say my upset may be this year Cleveland goes up 3 1 and then. Ooh, that would be interesting. It. Yeah, that would be fun. I like that a oh, lot. Okay. And I wouldn't mind seeing KD get a ring. So I think they I think that would break the internet. Yeah, it would break the internet. Among other things. Okay. So yeah, we got Raptors. We got some Edmonton Eskimos we're gonna talk yeah, about. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, and There's we a have draft. FC Edmonton. Yeah. FC Edmonton news, uh, a little bit of Blue Jays. A little bit of Blue Jays. Oh, and some uh, IHF World Hockey Championships. Uh, missing in action. Yessi Puliyarvi, where are you at, bud? Uh, riding pine, I do believe, A-Rod. Just a little bit. Just a little but bit of pine. Doesn't make sense there might to be me. some slivers. They're losing. They lost to France. Yeah. How do you lose to France? That goaltender, though, stood on his head. 43 saves. Yeah, that was 43 sa- saves minus pool party. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll if you want to enjoy that. the party, jump in the pool. This is YG Sports Live. Let's go. All right, we're back on YG Sports Live with A-Rod and Amos. Tuesday night, you're driving 5GRadio.ca, presented by First Round. Burgers, beer, sports. I'll do this one in English. Yeah, but the Spanish, man. Like I said, that was on point. Thank you. What are we doing next week? Um, Your native tongue? A little German? Twitter poll it. We're going to Twitter poll it. Do, uh, let's do German, Japanese, oh. or French. I feel like I was looking at the French one. It's too easy. Well, but I want a challenge. Okay. Japanese. Japanese. Japanese it is. <laughs> we don't even need to wait for Twitter. All right, like we said, back on YG Sports whole four Live. people that are going to vote. Hey, Rod, let's just cut the BS and get straight to brass tacks here. Yes, uh, the- Low Tide will be on in about 11 minutes' time. Yeah, in about 11 minutes. But before then, we got some things to talk we about, got my some, friend. We got uh, some things to talk about. You know, I wasn't sure the state of my mind coming into today's show after Sunday night. But I'm sorry, pre-Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. Because after Friday... I was feeling a little dejected. I was too. I was feeling a little cut. I was screaming at my Steve's. TV at my buddy Steve's I've place. I've never been so mad. At, okay, so I was pissed. watching the ge- game with a friend's place. It's three nothing. There's four and a half minutes left. We're streaming it through Reddit because they didn't have cable. Typical. Right. So then what happens? We lose the stream with 
four minutes left. That's why we lost the game. So He <laughs> lost the game because you even, lost the stream. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I Don't even. Take it back. Edmonton? T take it back right now. This I'll man, break your this freaking man right finger, here, man. This man right here finger. in a black hat is the reason. Thanks for making me feel like a total P.O.S. But no, the point is, is we're a like. A piece of Slipper Chef? <laughs> it's 3 nothing. There's four minutes. Let's, let's, let's go. Yeah. So we're getting our things together. Yeah. And I'm with Bex from behind the glass. And she says, Amos, it's 3-3. Three, three. And I said, Bex, kindly get the F out of town. Yeah. And shut, shut the front, the front door. door. Yeah. And <laughs> we're doing really good on the curses today. Let's keep that going. So I said, no, Bex, like I said, shut the front door. And she said, no, it's 3-3. Three, three. And she shows me the thing. And there's 15 seconds left. And I started crying. Like, like a, legit? Like, like man tears? Like real man tears. And it was like, not like just like weeping, but like inside crying, you know? Yeah. Right. So all of that happened. Anyways, probably just the most atrocious call I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, Aaron, if I grab you on the inside of the knee yep. and prevent you from standing up, would that not be goaltender interference? I think, well. Regardless if you were pushed into the crease or not? I'm not a goalie, but I will say that's interference as it is. Yeah, I would pretty sure that's interference. I'm pretty sure if you're lying in the crease before the shot is entered the net, that's interference. Yep. You're in the goalie's space. Yep. Like, wow. I wish I had the wording for the. Uh, the definition for, of. Yes. Of, and I'd also like the I definition we of. we talked about this in our pre-production meeting. Yeah, the definition of video review as well. Yeah. What is that? Um, what is video review? That's when you review the play, right? For like, Can I buy a vowel? Mathematical amount of time. Yes, please go ahead. A. A, yes. <laughs> there is one A. <laughs> Man, but you know what? You can't get hung up on things like that because you know what? And my favorite part of that game was after we lost and Settle's kind of hanging his head low after not being able to cover Perry. Connor taps him on the back. Let's go home. We got work to do. Yep. And, like, that is truancy of a captain. That is leadership beyond, like, that is moose-type leadership right there, buddy. Did you see his post-game interview after? I, I missed the comments. No, uh, I was on the I, road. I did not. I seen it. Okay. Um, Connor McDavid said very politely, and I quote, We'll be back in Anaheim Wednesday. Sorry, can you say just a little bit louder for the people? We'll be back in Anaheim Wednesday. Yeah, for the people who didn't hear that, that was we'll be back in Anaheim on Wednesday. Guess what? Yeah, we're Guess going what? back to Anaheim on we're Wednesday. Going. We're California dreaming tomorrow night, baby. Yeah, we are California dreaming. California loving, sweet California it will. dreaming, if California whatever. If history says anything, A Rod, well, it's on our side. Uh, yes, I actually have some stats. Yeah, about this. go ahead. Uh, with Oilers it. are all time uh, six and three in Game Sevens. They are one and one in conference semifinals. The last series they won. In a game seven in a conference semifinals was was against Calgary in 1984. Their last loss in a conference semifinal in a game seven was against Calgary in 1986. <laughs> uh, in our recent uh, yes. lifetimes, um, the last game seven that we remember, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it, uh, but you June know what? June 18th, 2006. We're, all that history, yeah. we're changing some of it, we're repeating some of it. Anaheim hasn't won a game seven in four years. When Randy Carlisle was asked about that yesterday, not my teams. Doesn't matter. You have the same core. Not my teams. Players. Yeah, um, you have the same core players. Obviously, you have John Gibson kind of helming the cage this year, not Instead Frederick Anderson. Yeah. But you know, we Sunday night Gibson. I'm I'm sorry, you were stunk it. Seven, seven hard. Stunk it. Seven hard. Stunk and then <laughs> the first save Jonathan Bernier makes. <laughs> he plays it out in front. And then just like sits there. It and he just sits just there. Like, Come on, man. Come on. Are you yeah. serious? And then are you that serious? was Latestu's first one, right? Or was that Drysaddle's second? Uh, that was Tess's first. Thank you. First. Yes. Yeah, Drysaddle's yes. second was on the backhand. That was. Pfft. Man, beauty. how many hats do you think came down on Sunday night? Because they're... easily like a few hundred. I'm I'm thinking a few thousand hats. I believe it. Poured over Rogers. Did you place. hear what the Oiler, what Leon Drysaddle did with those hats? Um, probably frame them. No, he <laughs> what he did was he kept a few. Yep. And the rest the Oiler, the Oilers donated to the Bissell Center. Well, that's was. fantastic. What a character guy and just character. Let's talk about Leon Drysaddle for a yes. second. A Rod second in NHL scoring in the 2016-2017 playoffs behind your man crush. Yeah, Gino Melkin. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Um, 13 points in this series alone has absolutely dominated the Ducks all season yes, long. A -Rod. He has 25 points in 18 career games against the Ducks. That includes regular season and playoffs. I'm going to ask Low Tide about this, but I think 
Drive Sidle is emerging as a superstar. And it's I, getting I, to I a point it. because, yes, like, Connor has been really good. He hasn't been fantastic. He has nine points. He didn't have any points in the um, in the 7-1 shellacking yeah. the other night. But where Connor has not, Dreisaitl has. And it's kind of like that you was go back to the well, other days. Well, well worded. Thank you. Gretzky, Messier, who do you like more, you know? I mean, it, it kind of like... Sure, right? Gretzky was great. and we Gretzky was fantastic. And there but, wouldn't be five championships without his contributions. Yes. But Moose still won one on his own. And... Drysaddle has just like either 100 plus games this year going back to the World uh, Cup of Hockey in yes, September. Yes, in September, yeah. Plus what he did last year at the I think the he World has 115 games. It's including insane. NHL Didn't preseason. Miss a single regular no. season game. The guy's been an Iron Man. Absolutely. An absolute Iron Man. And yeah, 16 points, 13 in this series. Speaking of Iron Man, did you see Eric Griba uh, put up the bowl? Knock, knock Gordy, the Iron Man. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Cogliano. Who bled all over our ice. And, and then, then got he, back out. And then he tried to drop the mitts with the Drake. Yeah, that was a three-second fight. Yeah. <laughs> I posted that on our Twitter at YOG Sports Props to both Live. those guys, though, for trying to raise some energy for their team. Especially to Drake. Yeah. Drake, stepping up. Drake Kajuli. We're going to talk, talk about, about him later. Stepping up. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Been on fire, A-Rod. But yeah, uh, just some quick notes that I had on Game 6 that like were super, well, ultimate keys to their success. Oilers came out flying. Yes. Uh, first time facing elimination, not faltered by it at all. Drysaddle opens it up. They kill a penalty, and then we still finally start to see some bounces go our way. Yes. Um, Funny how hockey works like that. Three right? goals on our first six shots, and the Oilers, you know, it, it was kind of like to go up 3 nothing. it wasn't total um, – it wasn't solace for all the fans yeah. because we've blown three two-goal leads this series so far, mm-hmm. and we lost three games because yeah. of all those leads blown. But that went on Sunday night, snapped our three-game losing streak. Yeah. Um. Interesting stat about McDavid scoring this yeah. series, A-Rod. Uh, yeah. When Connor scores, the Ducks, or sorry, the Oilers are 0-3. When and Connor the... does not have his name on the score sheet, the Oilers are 3-0. So, like, maybe Wednesday, does he just, like, do you think he's that superstitious about it? No. Or does he, like, I'm no. actually going to win this game? I don't think that he's aware of that stat. But here's the thing. Pick your poison. If you're Randy Carlisle, you know Dreisaitl is a duck killer. Right. So do you put? Do you start smothering Drysaddle and taking some pressure off Connor? No, I think what that does. You want to put bodies on Drysaddle? McClellan will just look over and smile, be like, "Hey, ninety-seven. He'll tap him on the shoulder. Go, go, go. And he'll go play twenty-three minutes, and he'll put up two, two or three points. Yeah, I would expect. Uh, I would expect Connor to play at least twenty-five minutes on tomorrow yeah. night, Arod. And that's and yeah. So like I said, if they want to cover Drysaddle, guess what? You now have McDavid coming down. Absolutely on you. And, yeah, crazy, like, a lot of balance scoring. Latestu being absolutely massive. Five power play goals Huge. from Test. Tied for seventh with 11. Yeah. He's got more points than Connor in these playoffs. Unreal. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, Zach Cassian scored his third goal of the playoffs. That's three more than Jordan Eberle. Yeah, we're going to talk. That's one thing we're going to ask about. Yeah, we're going to uh, get to Eberle that. But... And what they do with him. Um, but you know what? In all honesty, this series, right now, I count it Oilers are up 5-1. In this series, yeah. <laughs> in the best, in the best of seven. Well, we I almost played a whole one. extra game there, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But is. if you go back and forth, and the way things have been going, Arod. And just real quick before we bring on Low Tide, we'll we'll take a musical break and then yeah, we'll we bring will. on Low Tide. Um, whoever wins this series plays uh, Smashville. Yeah, Smashville. And Nashville will be on the road. Yes, they will. No matter what. No matter what. So right now, there's PK Subban and the boys are sitting at home thinking. Are we California loving or are we Alberta bound? Right. Paul Brand. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice phrasing. A-Rod, well done, sir. Thank you. Well done. Yeah, no, Nashville will be sitting at home probably watching very intently, and we're going to talk about that series. Um, hats off to them for getting to the Western Conference Final for the first time in franchise history. Yes, taking out the St. Louis Blues. Uh, do you think, real quick, do you think this series would have been different if Neil Yakupov played? No. Me either. Um, real quick, um, the game for this Wednesday, uh, for Ducks Weathers Game Seven has not been released yet. Probably it was. Let's shoot for eight o'clock. We're gonna shoot for eight o'clock. Hey NHL, if you guys are listening to this podcast, eight o'clock would be uh, great. Number one, you guys blew it. Yeah. To quote uh, the greatest sportscasters of of all time in Canadian history, uh, Jay and Dan, <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. It it's been embarrassing, man. It's been hard to watch, and it's not just this series. It is. All over the place. Yes. In the playoffs right now. Yes. And every year, I just feel like it gets a little bit worse. But the point is, and and the point that is really crucial, I know we're going to get to low tide right away. You're watching the clock. Good for you. But just my thing is, is okay, 
you can put so much on the officiating. Yes. And calls like the call in game five, that could cost us the series. It could. Because that goal doesn't go in. We take game five. We're coming home with the 3-2 series lead. And you win lead, game six. And you win game six. This thing's series already over. in the bay. So we're playing an extra game for no reason. But the calls are always going to be bad. The fishing has always been bad. Up until game six, Anaheim had found a way to sort of bypass that. Yeah. Getting on the inside. Yeah. Getting in our kitchen. Did you see, like, Lu- I think it was Lucic, Slepichev, and um, Larson. They all just kind of, like, trifected on Getzlaff as he was coming in. And yeah. he was just like, no, try to get up. Dressed. I was like, nope, back down you go. No, <laughs> no. Eat it. It was, it was awesome. But the officiating is bad every year. But my point is, is when you get to calls like this, what are the point of the rules? This is blatant. The, what are the point this of is the blatant. rules? You know, it would be like having a UFC match without a referee. Might as well just let the guys beat the hell out of each other until they kill one another. Ray Ferraro had a great quote on uh, Jason Greger's show last week. Yeah. Uh, he was asked about the officiating. Of course, Ray Ferraro played in the NHL. He's now a uh, commentator on uh, TSN. TSN, and he does some NBC work. Anyway, he said, you know what they should do before every game? Take the NHL rulebook to center ice and burn it. <laughs> I love that. And then we'll figure Spot it out. We'll figure it out from there. Yeah, no kidding, man. And and just like like I said, video review, why is that not in house? Why are we still going back to a war room out east where it's one o'clock in the morning? They can't even open their eyes, they're so tired. How are they supposed to call the play right? <laughs> uh oh, saying bad things about Toronto. Uh oh. Music a break. Music break. Game five or game four, I'm watching uh I'm watching Kiprios and he's like, Sorry, what? Are you are you talking to me? And then it's like, Oh, back to you, Craig. And even Craig Simpson was like what? Uh, are, you, are, are, you, are you talking to me? Okay, <laughs> A-Rod, we're going to play some Dusty Tucker. Mm. going to take some musical break, and then we're going to be right back with Alan Mitchell. Yes. Low Tide on YG Sports Live with A-Rod Amos on gradio.ca. Yo, 
Back here on YG Sports Live with Aaron Amos streaming on gradio.ca, presented by First Round Burgers Beer Sports. Burgers Beer Sports. Uh, Aaron, I, did the, I did the Spanish one in the opening. Did you do the Spanish one? Yeah, that's right, you did. Yeah. Sorry, man. Your tongueful. Your tone's almost there, but it's getting really good. Thank you. Okay, Aaron, really excited because we have a special guest on the line with us today. Who's back? Returning guest for the first time. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah first we'll, returning we'll guest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide from TSN 1260. You can listen to his show, Low Down with Low Tide, every weekday morning, 10 till noon on TSN 1260. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, one of the best writers at Oilers Nation, Mr. Low Tide. How you doing? I am very well. You guys, are you enjoying the warmer weather? Oh, it's yeah. fantastic so far. A yeah, little bit it, of thunder showers, but... Um, I mean, it, it could be worse, so. Yeah, I just, this is the time of year. Ordinarily, I've uh, been off for a month not watching the orders, so this is new, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a treat. Normally, you mean for the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> we're, well, we're past that now. We're above that. Well, uh, yeah, quite the intro, Alex. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, that was fantastic. All right, Alan, well, thank you again for joining us on the show. I guess really quick, uh, your, your thoughts on Sunday night? It was a crazy night. You know, the, the Friday night game, uh, we, we were on the air on Saturday, and there was so much anger and, and upset and rage uh, on on the Saturday afternoon that I, I said to myself, I don't know how this is going to end or turn out, but I I, I hope that the, the uh, theme of the series doesn't become the referees, and I hope the owners don't lose in game six, and then we bitch and moan about the refs all summer. And I didn't really know what kind of a script would be able to get us out of that funk, but the owners, you know, provided it because by the end of the first period, it was just a complete party. And, and uh, I thought the fans at Rogers Place did a great job yelling and screaming and supporting. But I'll give credit to that young owner team. They were they they were almost angry in their in their play, but they didn't take it out on on uh, the referees or the ducks. They just took it out on the on the hockey. And man, it was pretty impressive. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And you can definitely say that cooler heads prevailed on the side of the Oilers. You couldn't have asked for a better performance or a response to to like you said on on Friday night. And you don't want something like that to determine this series. I, I think it's pretty fair to say that overall, the officiating in these playoffs have been pretty atrocious. I guess to some degrees. Yeah, I think you know the 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 only the only real um, the game four play for me was the the Corey Perry uh, interference. I still don't know why that was an overturn. It looked to me to be a clear interference based on the world world we live in. Uh, but again, I, I I guess it's open to individual referees' discretion, and the referee who was. Uh, making that call felt that it wasn't enough to to interfere with Talbot, and you move on. the the uh, The Friday night call, 
what what I didn't understand was, and, and I, you know, I still kind of feel that way. I think it was like 95 seconds or something like that after they started the review that it was over. And I, uh, like, I understand Darnell Nurse pushed uh, uh, Kessler into the. I think it was Kessler. Yeah, yeah. It was Kessler. Uh, he pushed him into the net. And I, like, I'm not sure what the the uh, amount of time that you're allowed to linger there uh, and conveniently have your hand. And the goalie's uh, between his pad and his leg, but I, I suspect you know it was more than one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. Oh, wow. But again, really? you're getting into the discretion. It, 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 it was a, a bunch of wild bad luck for the Oilers not to have won this series by now. Uh, but maybe if uh, if Game Five turns out differently, maybe Game Six does too. So uh, at this point in time, I think as an Oilers fan, you should be happy that it's a Game Seven, and you hope the referees don't get involved in the result on on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, one hundred percent, and I totally agree with you. It's it's to have a ninety-five second review. What's what's the point of video review if that's how long you're going to look at it? And yes, Nurse pushed him in, but Kessler was in the crease for like you said, maybe ten, fifteen seconds before the shot was even taken, completely preventing Talbot to to be able to get up and and make that save. And it's just like, I guess the only thing is, if the Oilers do lose on Wednesday night, it's hard to say that. Could we have even been at Game Seven had those two calls gone the other way? Yeah, and I mean at this point in time, the, the the I think the thing you have to do as a fan is you hope it all equals out, and I know that's the like the worst thing to say, but if you think about it any other way, it'll drive you nuts. You know, you'll start taking up checkers or knitting or something <laughs> because it's always gonna it's always 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 gonna be that way. I'll tell you a story, and I think it was '74. Uh, the my Boston Bruins were playing the Philadelphia Flyers and they were down one nothing in Game Six and they really needed a goal and they were pushing and pushing and Bernie Perrant was standing on his head and I was like okay it's going to be fine it's going to be the Bruins are going to tie this they're going to win this they'll get it to Game Seven and Bobby Orr took a penalty with about two minutes left and it was I mean I was hoping it wasn't a penalty it was a penalty and I I, I was outraged I was so angry and I thought I'll never forget this and I never have forgotten it but <laughs> yeah, but really. it really doesn't do me any good i mean you know i i should eventually get over it i think yeah no 100 percent. and and like you said every year there's going to be bad officiating so to persevere through that the better team will win in the end right and i think the others just have to keep their heads high and not let the ducks get under their skin yeah and i think you know and and not to be you know all philosophical about it this this was always felt like a pick'em series. It always felt like it was going to go to Game 7. The Oilers have uh, Connor McDavid on their side. Leon is on fire. Uh, I feel like the goaltending has swayed back to Edmonton's side. Uh, so we'll see. You know, you, 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 if, if at the beginning of the year we had talked and said, hey, you know, the Oilers are going to be in a Game 7 in the uh, Pacific Division final, would you take that? we take that all day. Uh, absolutely. I know I would. Uh, I want to reference back to what you said earlier about uh, the, the young players who really impressed you on Sunday night. Uh, one of those players was Griffin Reinhardt. Uh, he played 13 minutes, 23 seconds, time on ice. He had one assist, one shot, five hits, one block, and he finished the game even. Uh, what were your thoughts on his play? I thought he played well, and I, it was a difficult situation because I think that was his first NHL game all year, including regular season. So this is a guy who hadn't had a lot of opportunity to, to play and and. Uh, you know, I mean, I, don't, I think he found out like a few minutes before the game actually started that he was going to play. So there was no real prep or anything. But he was good. I, he didn't play a ton of minutes, but he played enough that it, had he not been playing well, it could have impacted the, the game. I thought he was very gritty. One thing I'll say about Reinhardt is that, that uh, for me, when I saw him in junior, he was a very effective uh, physical player, and, and he, he sort of played with an edge. And in the NHL, I haven't seen that so far, but he seemed to be more comfortable playing that way uh, in the game last night. That's, that's maybe the best I've seen him at the NHL level. I, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to see, like you said, the young kids coming alive. Drake Kajula um, is playing on another level right now. Uh, but like you said, uh, Leon Dreisaitl has been absolutely on fire no one has the Ducks number like he has this season alone. Um, 13 points in this series. Do you think he has emerged himself to the Evgeny Malkin superstar level? 
you know, I'm going to hold off on that because I think you have to establish yourself at that level and do it. You know, Leon's career is interesting because uh, in his first year, he played half a year and he was sent back to junior. He wasn't ready. In his second year, he played a lot with Taylor Hall on his line and he had good numbers, but you wondered if he could do it himself. This year, he had McDavid on his line and he obviously was, I mean, I'm not going to say that, that uh, Leon was having the same kind of uh, season as a year ago with Hall. I thought Leon was a big part of the success of that line. Uh, I, I think you'd want to see Leon play as center on his own line for at least a year and end up around 80 points before you, you said, you know, this is a guy who's, you know, maybe going to have that kind of a career. But in terms of the Oilers and how they're uh, constructed, I think it's a really good fit, and we hope that he gets to be that far. I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to bet, bet against Leon. I think he's done a lot of pro- progressing. Uh, since his draft year, one of the worries that we had about Leon uh, in his draft year was foot speed. It was it was a concern, and at, right now I don't I don't feel that way at all. I think he's really done a lot of work uh, to make himself a guy who can get in on every play. He's got a 200 foot game, uh, and he's only he's 21, right? So he's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, I think he's going to be a star in this league. I just don't know if he's going to be uh, you know winning Hart trophies like uh, Evgeny Malkin has. Right, no, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. There's a lot about his future that's yet to be seen. Um, definitely the emergence in the playoff. And, and like you said, how he's sort of evolved from playing half a season to playing with Taylor Hall. He's played more than 100 games this year and doesn't really look like he's slowing down, but it'll be interesting to see how he finishes out the season. A-Rod? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, too, yeah, 21-year-old, um, he admitted that his foot speed was behind him and that he needed to work on that. Um I want to talk about. I just want to transition here to a player who needs to work on his foot speed and everything else in his game. Uh, Jordan Eberle, uh, he's really, really struggled in this series. Um, I I read your article on OilersNation.com last week about five shooters that uh, the Oilers could pursue for Connor McDavid. We know that Eberle is not one of them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this summer with him. I was going through your list here. Um, Evander Kane. Jeff Skinner, Jacob Silverberg, Nathan McKinnon, Patrick Eves. Those are all really, really good picks. Uh, but my question to you is, um, could we add maybe Drake Kajula to that list? Or maybe Yessi well, uh, Puliyarvi in a couple of years? And if out of those five, who would you want to take right now? Well, I'll say this, that, that I think we don't know about Puliyarvi yet, but, but there's a lot of encouraging signs. He's a big man. Uh, he can shoot the puck. And he can skate really well. So as far as keeping up and all those things and maybe helping out, uh, you know, physically, I think Paul Yarby makes a lot of sense. Kajula is interesting because he, you know, at the beginning of the year, I couldn't figure him out offensively. I think he had like 18 points or something in the regular season. But he was coming off injury, and you never know with young players. You've you got to see them for a while. But the, yeah. in the playoffs, in, in the last, say, week or maybe more, he's sort of shown me that, that he's – He's adapting. Like he's got to stick down, and he's ready to shoot when he's on the line with McDavid. And and I wonder if maybe we're looking at a guy who could emerge as a as a scorer on that line. As far as uh, you know, players that I had mentioned that that might be an option. Uh, they're all good. You know, you worry a little bit about Evander Kane because of, of uh, all the stories that have gone, surrounded him off the ice, but uh, he's a big power forward kind of guy. He's, he's mm-hmm. definitely a Shirelli McClellan type. He'd be interesting. Uh, any one of those guys on the list, just a matter of price and, and what you're going to have to give up yeah. to get them. And, and uh, uh, Everly, for me, it's, it's too bad because I think that, that there's – there, there could have been a better story written, but at this point in time, after the year and the postseason he's had, and the fact that the Oilers have to drop some money, he would seem to be the the most likely candidate to get moved. So would you possibly package him up in a deal to maybe acquire a Nathan McKinnon? Well, I don't think – I think Colorado's probably going to want defensemen uh, back, or, and, and the Oilers just don't have enough, you know, to get that, I don't think. Uh, and And – Maybe Everly's part of that package, but it would probably have to be Everly and then a, a, a very attractive defenseman. I think it's more likely you see Everly get offloaded for a, uh, a less expensive center, and then the Oilers maybe use that money. Um, you know, if you trade Everly for a center making four million, or maybe even a right defenseman making four million, like Hamannick in, in New York, then you've got some money to save uh, on your third line center. Uh, or maybe you end up getting a, a right winger that you sign or, or, or via free agency. The Oilers have a lot of options, and with these young emerging forwards, maybe it's not as important that they start the year next year with a 
with that big impact winger, maybe they can trade for somebody at the deadline. Uh, there's a lot of options right now, and and the longer the season has gone on, I mean, I've looked at Slepyshev now more and, and Kajula. There's some really nice players on this team. We don't know if they're going to score enough, but they certainly are interesting players. Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting when you talk about the third line because you talked about Dreisaitl moving to center, and then I would kind of see Nugent Hopkins sort of fill in that third line role, but at the same time, I mean, Mark Letestu is really come into his own this year with this team I that is a guy I would like to stick around and I and I really like David Desjardins as well what are your thoughts on those two players uh Desjardins and who was the other one uh Mark Letestu oh Letestu well for me Letestu is a you know he's been a real he's got 16 goals in the regular season he's gone off in the in the playoffs if you can keep him you know he's very good on the penalty kill and on the power play I think they played him a little bit too much at times at even strength because they didn't have a DeHarnay. Um, and so when, once they got him, they could back off his five-on-five play. And I think Letestu's played better since DeHarnay has arrived. As far as DeHarnay is concerned, he's, he's, um, he's an interesting hockey player. I, I, I like him in the offensive zone. I think he's high skill, and he's a, a good forechecker. And he, he's not as much a perimeter player as I thought he was when he arrived here. I don't know that the owners have seen him good enough to to consider that he you know be a a, a guy who would sign. But if you could get him on a, a you know a, a low contract and they could afford him, he's not a bad option at all. Yeah, no, for sure. If you could bring him in for maybe one or two years at under uh, two million, it's it's definitely worth the signing. Yeah. Hey, Rod. Uh, yeah, real quick, just want to switch gears here with you, Alan. Um, CFL draft. How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, complete 180 from <laughs> playoff hockey. We're going to talk a little bit of Edmonton Eskimos here. Um, how did you feel about the draft over the weekend? Uh, you know, I'm, first of all, thank you for asking me a CFL draft question. Oh, I, <laughs> even if you guy. didn't mean it, I, I, I really no, I, I I like you guys it. even more now that you asked me that question. Uh, I like the draft. I, I think they, uh, the Eskimos maybe do a little bit too much, uh, or at least in the past have, uh, taken their first-round pick and, and – risk too much because you can take a big name there, but if you never see him, if he's in the NFL for his career, then it doesn't do you a hell of a lot of good. I like the receiver they took in the first round, and he'll be here uh, in the fall, maybe even to replace Kuhorn. Yeah. And then in the fourth round, they got Boutang and a couple of other really interesting players, and they got their own lineman early, too, out of Laval, and that means he's good. Yeah. So I like what they role. did. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in tune enough with CFL um or I'm sorry, CIS players and NCAA players to know really what they have. But in in theory, I really like what they did because they still got those big names and the guys who could turn out to be sensational players. But they did it in the fourth round, and that's to me a much better idea than going you know fifth overall or whatever. That seems to me to be a little. Uh, I think Stefan Charles was a first round or early second round pick. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I was actually watching the interview with uh, Brock Sunderland a- after the draft. And he was saying how they were really stoked that they got that they got Justin Senior. Yeah, was on the top of their draft board in the yeah. fifth round. Like, that's and then huge. you know, and and the thing that sometimes happens is, and and uh, uh, you know, it, it doesn't. It might be two years. It might be three years. But at some point in time, he might you know fall out of the National Football League, and then he might end up playing six or seven years here uh, in the CFL, and then you've got a great player. For, for really a depth pick that, yeah. that was never going to, you know, maybe get a special teams guy, but not a not a starter. So to me, it makes a lot of sense there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and Alan, I guess just on the other side of the spectrum, before we let you go here, uh, the Raptors once again dismantled by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Will they ever make it to the NBA championship as long as LeBron is in this league? No. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love I, that. You don't, you don't need to expand on that. You really don't. No, I like unless LeBron plays till he's forty-five and and isn't the player that he is now. He might. But I watch. I would like. I, I watch. I don't watch the whole series, but I'm like, God, they're pretty good when LeBron's not in. You know, I mean, but I mean, LeBron James, and he does that all the time, right? Like he's such a freak, and yes. and I think Cleveland's actually a little bit better team this year. Uh, and, and they're healthier. Probably come, yeah, it'll probably come down to Golden State and, and Cleveland. But I, I LeBron so. James, I've watched a lot of basketball over the years. I remember Dr. J, and I remember Michael Jordan, nice, yeah. and, and this is a different player. But but in terms of just, like, he's like Charles Barkley, only better than that. Like, he's unbelievable. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it is insane where he has elevated his game to, and I think the thing that, or the biggest thing with LeBron is when you compare him to Michael Jordan, it's the championships that are separating the yeah. two. Yeah. 
and also I think that that the you know like I think LeBron made a really good move to go where he went when he went down to Florida. I think that was a good move for him. The way it happened made him far less popular than Jordan ever was. Like Jordan was always really, really popular. So I don't know that he'll ever be as well remembered as Jordan because because of what Jordan did uh, as a basketball player. There were really no negatives until he tried to hit a curveball. But for for LeBron, uh, I think I think he like in terms of a majestic basketball player who can simply shove it down your throat. I don't think there's been a better one. And, and I love Jordan and I love Dr. J and, and uh, Shaq and all those guys and, and Kareem. But I, uh, this guy, LeBron James is, is like, I think he might be the perfect basketball player. He's just a force and he's like, he's, mean and he's tough and he's skilled and almost like when he decides he's going to score 40 points uh, you know he'll do that and there's no stopping him like you said he's the perfect guy to just shove it directly down your throat yeah and uh, the raptors are look i like them as a team and i think they're well coached but i don't like there are just sometimes in in a uh, uh lifetime of being a sports fan when the other guy has that guy there's not a lot you can do about it no, absolutely. And I mean, I've been re- watching the Raptors just since shortly before Vince Carter left. And I mean, the way this team has grown and drafted and developed to become the team they are, I mean, three-time division champions in a row. But again, it just seems like it's kind of like the capital syndrome. When it gets to the postseason, no. you just can't beat Crosby. No, and, and the, 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 the thing about the Raptors, and I'm not going to, like, I, I'm going to say something nice about Toronto here, so please cover your eyes. But okay. the, the, the problem with the NBA is that, that the Raptors often have to draft around things, or at least did in the past, and that made it really difficult for them, right? But, I, but I, I think even with those difficulties, they've overcome a lot, and they've established that they are good at uh, procuring talent, assessing talent, getting a really good coach in there. Like, if you're a Raptors fan, I think you should be pretty proud of that organization. Oh, 100%. Um, just really quick, too, Kyle Lowry opted out of his, the final year of his contract today. Do you think he leaves? Yeah, I think so. I think that, that you know, they're, they're everybody's in search of a championship. And in the NBA, it's so, even more than the NHL, it's so personnel-driven, matchup-driven. And so he probably will get to a team that he feels has a better chance to win the, uh, win the championship. And that would be my guess. Because at some point in time, like money matters, but but what's the difference between fifty million and seventy million? Twenty. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. I I so appreciate that. <laughs> no, your math is good. Uh, awesome. You know what? Uh, we got to get going though. Um, you uh, we were talking off the air. You're writing an, another piece. Is it for Oilers Nation this week? Uh, yeah, I've just got something I'm going to put up on Oilers Nation here either either tonight or tomorrow. It's about the the 2014 draft. Just kind of a looking back on it. I I, I had it almost done and then I didn't like it, so I'm going to have to rewrite it. You know that's fair, completely fair. Um, thank yeah. you so much for your time, and uh, maybe we could do this again soon. Hey, no problem. I enjoy doing this, guy. Were you the guys that promised me a jacket? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're still Where's working the jacket? on that. We have not forgotten. Okay, like an elephant. We just don't forget. You know, first the jacket, and then the the fifty seventy uh, answering twenty thing. So yeah. you kind of owe me now. If you well, could I, just you know send that jacket over, I, I'm I'm now aware of you, and I will remember your name for next time. So perfect. Also, we might even sneak in a couple of fife and deckle sandwiches for you. God love you. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Alan. For your okay, time. have a good one. Take you care, too. man. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Erod, always an absolute pleasure when Low Tide is on this show. I feel Guy's bad. Guy's a hoot, man. I you, feel bad. You kind of put, kind of put him on the spot a little bit, you know. <laughs> Question About is mathematics school. <laughs> Listen, I feel like that was just a that was just like a perfect like McDavid to test you one timer. I just had to take it. You you couldn't help yourself. No, I, I understand. It's okay. That's why he's the best. That is why he's the best, and we can't wait till Low Tide makes his much anticipated return. Maybe he'll one day come to our awesome studio here at Bachelor That'd Castle. be fantastic. You know what? Actually, low like tide, the jacket will be here if you come to the studio. How's that? I gotta find the jacket first. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> Once we have the jacket, we will have him in Let's studio. Let's talk about those things off air. Uh, I... I, th- I thought we talked about this already. Okay. okay. Anyways, Aaron, um, let's get back to other things. Well, do you want to do the three stars? Yeah, yeah. I gotta do my uh, three stars for the week. Um, third star goes out to Drake Kajula. Yeah, Since we last talk, he talked, he's had two goals, 
including his first career playoff goal. That was on Wednesday night. That was to force overtime. That was an absolute beauty, oh. by the way. An absolute beauty. Beautician. And he had his uh, first NHL scrap against the other Iron Man, the original Iron Man of the NHL. Andrew uh, Cogliano. Andrew Cogliano. Wait. I don't think he's the original Iron Man, but he either way, is the yeah withstanding Iron Man. Iron Man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, n- number two, second star of the week, uh, Mark Letestu. Yeah, he's on a three-game point streak. He's had two goals and four assists uh, in the past week. Been absolutely fantastic. He's been fire. He has, like you been say, fire. he's what seventh in the NHL right now. He's tied for seventh court? with eleven points yeah. in NHL leaders, and he's got five power play goals. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, and then the my bank. first star of the week. This should not be a surprise to anybody. Uh, the one, the only, Leon Drysaddle, aka Doctor Dry, aka Neon Leon, aka the German Gretzky. Um, four goals, four assists this past week. He's had three multi-point games in this series. He has five goals, eight assists. That's 13 points in this series. He has 25 points in 18 career games against the Ducks. We talked about that earlier. Quick stat about uh, his hat trick. He was the first Oiler to score a hat trick in the postseason since 2000 when your boy Billy Guerin did it. Yeah, he did. On April 18th in the loss to the Dallas Stars. What's interesting about that is that two nights before that, my hero, and probably your hero as well, uh, Doug Waite, also got his first career uh, NHL playoff hat trick two nights before. And one more thing about Dreisaitl. I could go on. We could make a whole episode oh, we about Dreisaitl. Um, he is the second youngest oiler to record a playoff hat trick at the age of 21. Who would be the first youngest oiler, A-Rod? Uh, he sits in a executive suite at Rogers And place. he probably used to wear number 99. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky is, of course, the... Of course, the youngest. Yeah, y'all think uh, Ryan Getzlaff went into beast mode. You better check yourselves. Cause listen, listen, Getzlaff has been great. No, Get- Getzlaff has been. It, it, I will give not for Getzlaff. This series is over. Well, this would be up six nothing going into game <laughs> seven. Like seriously, can't help it. So yeah, those were my three stars. Oh, my honorable mention, uh, Chris Russell. Yeah. On the back end. Set uh, an NHL Oilers record. Yes, he did. Uh, set an Oilers playoff record with eight blocked shots in game five. Beast. Yeah, when Absolute we monster. had uh, bodies going down left, right, and center, Chris Russell stepped up. Him and Adam Larson absolutely carried the mail for the Oilers on the back end. 100% A-Rod. Okay, well, tonight in the NHL, it's the Sens versus the Rangers. Ottawa yes. looking to close out the Rangers. You know, we were kind of having a discussion off air. You thought it would be interesting to see Oilers-Rangers yeah. cup final. Yeah. But what is going on with New York? I mean, struggle. I mean, didn't struggle to get by Montreal. Mm-hmm. But in this series, it's just they're scoring goals. And that's the thing, But too, they're letting them in. Like, Ottawa's such a boring team to watch, but they're getting it done. They're getting it done, and it's just a core group of guys. Eric Carlson is pretty much playing on a broken foot right now. Yeah. He's got 11 points. Yeah, and he has, I think he has 11 micro uh, fractures on his heel. Yeah. Pretty he, much just playing through He pain. actually legit has micro fractures on his heel. I would right give now. him the Norris just based on that. <laughs> but he won't get it. You won't get it, but you have everyone stepping up. Kyle Turris has been stepping up. Clark MacArthur's been stepping up. Mark Stone. Mark Stone's been stepping up. Bobby freaking Ryan has been stepping yeah. up after just pretty much wearing a hood on his head all year. <laughs> to the uh, pleasure of, what's his name, that GM in Calgary that likes to pick on him. Uh, oh, Brad Trevelyan? No, uh, Brian Burke. Oh, right. Yes. Ryan Burke loves yeah. to fire off an old Bobby Ryan. I don't even can. think that guy's opinion's valid anymore in the NHL. So I that, like nice name drop. But Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no. I mean, I'm actually thinking Ottawa's going to get it done tonight. You know, Craig Anderson hasn't been fantastic, but he's been that much better than Lundqvist. He's he's been good when he has to be great. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because his sorry, I no. He's been he's been he's been good when he's had to be great. Yes, I think you were right. Yeah. yeah great when he's had to be good i don't know he's making I'll the figure it out he's man. making the saves that he needs to make to get his yes. team to the next round what, and yeah, and taking advantage of some bounces taking huge advantage of home ice so we'll sorry see. i'm just a little flustered right now i still feel bad about calling low tight oh man don't don't worry about it that's all i was Sam, answering his math i thought it was a math question under the box Ugh. i'm looking ahead to the western conference final we talked about it earlier nashville yeah for the first time in franchise history yeah with pk suban <laughs> no less and uh the man in the iron mask, Pecorine. Yeah. Absolute unstoppable Fire. force. Blues choke again. Yep. Sour notes in St. Lou. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Uh, do you think 
this series would have been different with Yakupov? It's hard to say, but probably not. No. I feel like I asked you that. We might have actually. I don't know. It feels like a repeater question. It does. It was either an off-air question or an on-air question. I'm Damn losing it. track. It's hot in the studio it's today, hot. A-Rod. It's hot. Kay. We turned it up. Uh, do we have a score update? We got to close out our NHL stuff. The Pittsburgh-Washington game isn't quite over yet, A-Rod, but... Well, I mean, by the time that you guys listen to this, it's it's Tuesday. It's Obviously, Tuesday. the game is over. Yes. Um, but last we checked, it was 2 nothing for Washington. Absolutely fantastic. Looks like we may have a third Game 7 in the yeah. Stanley Cup playoffs. My hopes are still alive. McDavid Ovi. Or as you said, Dreisaitl Ovi. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Let's just pray. Let's just play Crosby trips on his shoelaces. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I guess there's only two series left. So yeah. other series besides us, of course. So, I mean, I guess that wraps that up. Um, before we take another musical break and we'll come back and we'll just... Do we do we need to do re- recap of Raptors? I felt like we did a pretty good job. Let's talk about the Raptors really quick. Okay, they blew it. For what? nothing. Swept to the Cavaliers. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean... Uh, Kyle Lowry is going to either Golden State or Cleveland. It's just a matter of $20 million between either 50 or 70 Because yeah. that's the difference. $20 million is the difference. Yeah, Lowry, the low tides question. Lowry opting out of the final season or final year of his contract. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, obviously, he couldn't play Game 7. Had that high ankle sprain. DeRozan doing everything he could. Yes. But LeBron, Kyrie Irving... Just that much better, A-Rod. Um, I don't know what to say. We asked Low Tide, you know, is it even possible for the Raptors to advance to the final well, as long as LeBron's in town? No. And, and, and straight up, the answer is no. The answer is no. Um, quote here from Kyle Lowry about asking if the four-game sweep had anything to do with his contributing factor to opting out of his contract. He said, honestly, man, I just want to get better. I want to have fun. I want to win a ring. I want to make sure my family is happy, and that's all I've thought about. That sounds a lot like I right want now. Golden State to sign me. In nice weather, my family will be happy because of the nice weather. I'll get a. I want a ring, playing with Steph Curry and KD. I can, I can do that math too. Okay. <laughs> uh, cap rooms, um, or cap issues will probably determine where. KL ends up. DeMar DeRozan says he'll support Lowry with whatever decision he makes, but obviously he's going to be bummed to see him go. Uh, Another quote from Coach Casey, Dwayne Casey. I thought our guys played with grit, toughness, and togetherness. But you didn't have points off the bench. You're not wrong. You needed points off the bench, and you didn't get it. You're not wrong. You didn't get it. Serge Ibaka um, came up big in Sunday night. He's a UFA, though. He's like Kyle Lowry. He'll he'll be resetting. I think I think, so. I think the Raptors will resign him. But, yeah, no, it's uh, LeBron again stumps, stumps the Raptors. It's it's a sad thing, but the guy is on another stratosphere right now. This is a reason he's going to be in Space Jam 2, okay? <laughs> Alongside LeBron. <laughs> Alongside LeBron. Okay, we'll take a quick... Maybe, pre- hey, you know what? Maybe he'll go to Cleveland. Let's, let's do the math real quick. He wants a ring. Cleveland. Okay. He wants his family to be happy. Playing with LeBron, being in a Disney movie, Space Jam 2, I think that would make his family happy. I, <laughs> Again, I just think there's either cap 50 issues. or 70 million dollars. Issues. The difference is 20. There's cap issues in Cleveland. It's not going to happen. He won't know. go there. Uh, Maybe. Memphis. Oh. I would see Kyle Lowry go to Memphis. He's I want to see. You know what? I want to see Kyle Lowry go to Chicago. Oh, you actually, you know what? Him, I would and, him love? and Jimmy Butler. You know where I'd love to see Kyle Lowry go is L.A. Clippers. Him, oh, him and BG hooking up. But uh, I, I can tell you right now, he would be a difference maker for the Lakers. Uh, yes, he would. Yes, yes he, he would. would. And he said he wants to go to the Western Conference. I, I don't think he just wants to play against LeBron anymore. This, He's done. This sounds a lot like Golden State. He's done. <laughs> okay, so we're going to play some music. Uh, we got Voltang. We played some Dusty Tucker earlier. If you guys aren't doing anything this Friday, there's a great show happening down on White Avenue. The Forge, Dusty Tucker, Sparrow Blue, and Voltang. So, Aaron, we're going to play some music before we come back and wrap up this Killer episode. Yeah, it has. It, I was gonna say derailed, but you know what? No, we've been fantastic. I don't even think we've swore, so we're doing really well. We're doing real. Don't, don't hold on to it. We can do this one clean episode, and if you do it on purpose, I'm coming over this desk like a sack of potatoes. All right, we're gonna be right back on YG Sports Live with Aaron Amos 
gradio.ca. This is Voltang. might be the heaviest song we've ever played on this show. That was... <laughs> Slaughterhouse Blues. That was Blues. heavy, and I like it. Slaughterhouse of Blues by Voltang. Like I said, if you like that track, catch them this Friday night at the Forge on White Avenue. A-Rod, been one hell of a show so far, my dude. Yeah. We, uh, well, we broke down, you know, where the Oilers are. They're going to Game 7 tomorrow night. You betcha. Yes, they are. Washington's winning 2 nothing, so those things are good. We had low tide on the show. Yeah. That, Always fantastic. How did we not start with that? I don't know. How did low we start with that? Low tide brought his A game. Yeah. I brought my math game. Yeah, you did. And your Spanish game. Thank you. Yeah. And Japanese next week, right? Yes, and I think my math game is better than Ryan Shog's. <laughs> yeah. Dude, taking shots at Shoggy like that? Like... Come on, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I might have to tell him about you, A-Rod. I might have to tell him about you. Okay, why'd I you... I think sp- he's too busy right now covering uh, the great Oilers series with Anaheim. Oh, he's never going to listen to it, but I'm going to tell you that you said it. <laughs> okay. why do you Sports Live with A-Rod Namos on gradio.ca presented by First Round. Burgers Beer Sports. Absolutely, my friend. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some soccer. Yes, some footy. Some YEG footy. Some YGFC... Edmonton. Yeah. Um, as we talked about, they're on. A, they were on a three-game uh, road trip. Yes, they were. Uh, they got their first clean sheet of the season on the road against the Indy Eleven, who they were fighting for a uh, fighting top spot for during the fall season. Okay. Uh, they earned their first clean sheet, so that means they didn't 
uh, get scored on. It was a 0-0 draw. So a shutout. Yes. It was even Stevens all the way through 90. I don't like how this happens in soccer, that you can just have 0-0 ties. I mean, you play for 74 freaking minutes. I want a winner. I want a winner. Right? I want a winner. I feel like... at the end of the day, we all deserve a winner, whether it be on no, the pitch, no particip- on the ice, no participation ribbons, on the field, in life. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Right there, you go. Um, yeah. So zero zero draw. They will play the Indy Eleven again, May twenty seventh, right here at home at Clark Field. Uh, FC Edmonton has not scored a goal uh, since Dean Shales scored in the seventieth minute. In their only win of the season at home against Puerto Rico FC back on April 22nd. That's over 340 minutes of play. It's Game a long play. time. It's a long time. Um, before it's a pretty game, big net, right? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever played soccer? I just want to. I just want to throw this out here right now. Have you ever played soccer? Like actually competitively? Absolutely not. Okay, I kind of did when I was a kid. Yeah. It's hard. We kind. We kind of did. So like, you did or you didn't. Well, well <laughs> I was that pudgy kid who never got the ball. But when I did get the ball, I'd go in on a breakaway, my pudgy little legs carrying me, and I would I could just not score. And then uh, someone gave you a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Some other things happened before that, but yeah. <laughs> Look how cool I am now. Um, so before their game against the Indy 11, they did play the first leg in the Canadian Championship in the NASL against the Ottawa Fury back on May 3rd in Ottawa, and they lost one nothing. Ryan Williams of the Ottawa Fury scoring in the 89th minute to win that game. Uh, the second leg of that series will be played right here at Clark Stadium uh, this tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wednesday, May 10th. Wednesday, May uh, 10th. Tickets are still 20 bucks. That price is only found online. So you can go hit up uh, fcedmonton.com. A lot of action I believe. I night. believe is their website. And let me double check that. In the meantime... Um, they will play their second home game in four days uh, this coming Sunday, May 14th, when they play the San Francisco Deltas at 2 p.m. I'm just going to double-check real quick for the FC Edmonton website. I should have all of it. I do yeah. believe you were absolutely correct on that. Yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were absolutely correct. If not, we can correct it on uh, on the Overtime Show. Oh, coming yeah, up right after this. Coming up. Exclusively on Twitter, at YG Sports Live. I love how you cleaned up my segment And if there. you like any of our other social stuff, you know you can do the spa- Facebook thing. We're on Instagram. Yeah. All that stuff, at YG yeah, Sports Live. I made a post, uh, on there yesterday. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was good. And yes, fcedmonton.com for all of your Eddie's info that you need that we do not cover. You can check them out. And of course... Get your asses down to Clark Field. Yeah, it's a good time. It's Tickets are bucks. cheap. Take we need the kids to, out we for need some to figure hot out dogs. a weekend that works for all of us. We're yes, gonna go down absolutely. there and we're gonna go hang out. Let's uh, get the schedule up after this, and then let's yeah. let's just pick a weekend. You let's know? pick a week. Let's let's. Make, is this like a bro date? Well, it could be. It could be. You know, I'm gonna pull up the schedule right now. Okay, you pull up the schedule while it's you coming. do that. I'm gonna talk about some World Hockey Championship. We need to talk about that. We do need to talk about that. The double IHF World's Men's Hockey Tournament is now underway. Uh, Team Canada. 3 and 0 since this puppy started. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 4-1, 7-2 and 6 nothing victories respectively beating Belarus 6 nothing yesterday. Arod on the 8th uh Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, what's he doing? Been on Oh, you mean fire. like the the Nathan McKinnon that we talked about with Low Tide who might be Connor McDavid's right winger? Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. I actually have two <laughs> names off that list on this list. Oh. Uh, Nate McKinnon, five goals, two assists, seven points right now. Yeah, he's tied uh, for the team lead with one Jeff Skinner. Skinner! <laughs> Three goals, four assists. And uh, another name, actually, you dropped in the low tide interview, Tyson Berry. Oh. Has two goals and five assists. Leading Team Canada so far, Claude Giroux has four assists and five points. Chad Johnson getting the shutout yesterday. Oh, and nice. Calvin Picard has been standing tall. A-Rod? Mm-hmm. Things are looking well so far. Yes. Uh, Canada is right now leading Group B with nine points, three games played, three wins. Nice. In the, of course, the preliminary round. Of course. Yeah. Full round robin starts next week. Nice. Uh, real quick, I wanted to go back to FC Edmonton. Yeah, do it. Um, their match on Wednesday is not on TV. However, if uh, you're one of those ones that have all of the sports. The Sportsnet apps. Yep. Um, no, no, it's not an app. Um, you can catch the game Sunday at 2 o'clock on, from Clark Stadium. If you can't make it down to the game, you can always watch it on ESPN3. They show FC Edmonton games on ESPN? 
three. Oh, how about that? I didn't even know right? that was a. There's a three. ESPN tray. I don't even know if I get ESPN one. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, just that's, that's like an online thing, but yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Team Canada. Um, this Thursday they play France, and oui, oui. Saturday playing against the Swiss, and they wrap up. Their preliminary round next Monday against Norway and finishing against the Finns on Tuesday. Perfect. So Tuesday we're going to get to see Canada play against uh, the pool party. The pool party. You think Yessi's going to want to join that party and just jump in the pool? I think he's going to jump in the pool. Nice. Well done. I think he's going to jump in the pool. All right. That should be a slogan on a t-shirt. That should be a slogan on a t-shirt. We should do merch. Well, enjoy the party. Jump in the pool. Thanks for everyone tuning in to YG Sports Live with Aaron Amos on gradio.ca. We're like running a hot minute 66 Tune into the Overtime Show right now on Twitter at YG Sports Live. Have a great night, everybody. Go Oilers, go! Woo!